Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the program. Tonight, my very special guest is poet Skya Evans. She's an artist and writer living in Southeast Virginia. Currently, she edits a litzine, Takes All Kinds, published by Modus Odex Press. She also just started a magazine, Disturb the Universe. She has been published in Ink Pantry, Off the Coast, Black Shamrock, and The Crossroads, and a number of others. She loves music, considers the impossible, and enjoys her cat's pancakes. All right. Skaya, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me. How are you doing? Well, thank you. I'm well. I'm well. I'm so glad you're with me. I'm so glad you're with me. Let's begin this poetic journey, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Skaya, what is poetry? <laughs> what is poetry? Talk to me. Yes. Oh, gosh. You know, it's, it's so subjective. Poetry, uh, to me, is it, it's constructed in such a way that it, like, evokes emotion. Okay. And it's, it's often in, like in the in like little in the snippets, like not not novels, not novellas, but just small small bites. Small bites. Okay. Well, first let's go back just a second. Tell me about this wordplay. What do you mean that uh, elicits emotions? What does that mean? Yeah, it, it, poetry often in, in, evokes. Um, pictures in your mind, like people use imagery to describe things or describe emotions, like mm-hmm. trying to put what you feel into words in a way that's going to maybe help someone else understand it. Okay. All right. Now, why do you think this, that poetry is important? What I want to know is, in a nutshell, why do we, as poets, do what we do? The simple answer is because we can't not. Like there's wow. like some like compulsion. Mm-hmm. There's just there's like some visceral thing that just makes creative people create whatever it is their medium. Wow, I like that answer. That we can't. I guess we can't stop. I like that. We're gonna build on that as we continue this journey tonight. What I'd like to know. Please share with me an experience, an early experience, where you learned that poetic language had power. Gosh, I would face it like childhood, early early teenagers. I grew mm-hmm. up with a musician parents, and so I learned early the the value of of music and lyric. And while I can appreciate music. I don't have that the sort of talent that my father has to to play it in the thing, but I understand the the value of 
of putting words together to, to paint that picture or to to elicit emotion. And from early on, as I've been writing writing poetry in some format, and I date mm-hmm. myself here uh, for probably thirty five years. Wow. I'm a little bit older older than that. I started okay. with, you know late elementary school, like early junior high. Uh, I. All right. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just going to say that. Monk calls Kalu said that poetry is like a canvas. You can paint any picture with it, and that's what you just said, that you can paint a picture with poetry. Yeah. Absolutely. Continue what you were saying. Uh, it just... Even just looking over my own catalog, picking pieces to, to read for tonight. Mm-hmm. I was taken to the different facets of my life in different times. And sometimes even just, even if the, if the piece I'm writing never makes it past the draft, mm-hmm. it pulled some emotion out of me that attempts to explain the unexplainable. Like how, how do people explain what we feel? Just, I feel I feel anger, I feel happy, I feel joy, I feel sadness. We, we understand mm-hmm. the words, we can look them up in the dictionary, but to really just try and describe what that feeling is for someone who maybe uh, hasn't felt it or hasn't, they, they, they feel the specific way to, fit, mm-hmm. to understand it in a different way. Like my happiness does not necessarily feel the same as yours or someone else's. So mm-hmm. just to try and, and put that description into into word form. Mm-hmm. Now, to try and, to... And, and interpret that and translate it to someone else. Well, I need to ask, have you ever taught uh, creative writing or poetry writing class? Because what you're sharing so far is quite intriguing. It's the kind of stuff that makes people think. And that's important in a class. Have <laughs> you? Have you? I, I I I have not. No, I have not. Well, you need to look into that. You need to look into that. <laughs> now, in the, in, the, in, the, in the multitude of other creative ventures I'm doing, I'm sure I will I will find the time. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, how would you classify your ability to write poetry as a creative gift or a creative art? Uh, honestly, it's a mix of both. Okay. Some of the work that I've I've written, it just pours out without really any thought. Mm-hmm. And then other pieces are thinking I've had to work at, at it in in that understanding form or or trying to to understand how another writer writes their work and and to emulate it in a way to understand it to learn like the learning mm-hmm. process. Okay. Uh, okay. It, if done well, you sometimes can't tell which one is which. Okay. Whether whether it's an, a, a a gift or or an art. Hmm. What is it tonight? A gift or an art? Mm. I would say a gift. Okay. Okay. I won't ask you why. But I will ask you, please share a poem. Please share a poem. 
you know, and I had been been considering um, for for a little bit what how I wanted to start this, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off with a uh, something a little I consider to be a little humorous, and uh, it 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 kind of it kind of goes through the theme. I was preface this by saying I have done a lot of of swiping left on dating apps in my time. Okay. I have read a lot of profiles. So I I have I have crafted one that that is kind of uh, a good summary of what what I've come across. And it is called a foolproof dating ad. Hello, let me show you this fish I caught because I like the fish. And you will want to care about that because I can feed you. But I'm only here for no strings fun because my wife isn't interested in me anymore and I'd rather cheat on her than get a divorce. Let me promise to share photos of my face after you send me a message. And also because I have a public job, I must be discreet. By the way, are you a kinky submissive? Then you must address me as Sir Domly Dom and cater to my every whim. Can't wait to meet you. And that's the end. <laughs> I'd like you to share that one again, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I I heard a show where you made you made the 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 writers do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a trademark. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I'm usually just settling in, and then the poem is over. <laughs> so, say, say, say it one more time for me, please. Uh, all right, just so it's you. Oh, thank you, ma'am. So, again, a foolproof of dating ad. Hello. Let me show you this fish I caught, because I like the fish, and will want you to care about that, because I can feed you. But I'm only here for no strings fun because my wife isn't interested in me anymore, and I'd rather cheat on her than get a divorce. Let me promise to share photos of my face after you send me a message, and also because I have a public job, I must be discreet. By the way, are you a kinky submissive? Then you must address me as Sir Domly Dom and cater to my every whim. Can't wait to meet you. That's the end of that. All right. Scotty, what is the purpose of that poem? What is the purpose of that poem? <laughs> the purpose, I, like I said, I have twice left on I, numerous, numerous dating apps. All right. I have, I have just, I, I've been, I've been dating online, you know, decades. Okay. Not, not quite decades at this point, but a very long time. Uh I've I've met I've met partners that way I've met people who have become friends. Um, I would I would say in my estimation, like eighty five to ninety percent of the people in my life I've met through the internet in some way. Okay. So I'm, I'm very comfortable with that, but I I occasionally just I I, I like to practice uh, having conversations with people because. Um, it can be a challenge for me at times. Okay. With, okay. with communication. So mm-hmm. it's a practice with that. It's a practice seeing people, 
how they present themselves and and how they um, how they interact with others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am is referred to as neurodivergent, so mm-hmm. one of one of my challenges is with with being able to understand people and communicate with them. And this helps me do that. It also helps me uh, suss out bad behavior. Okay. And that's before, important. Before it becomes a problem for me. Where yes. You know, people have dated someone and they find and yeah. they find that someone and it turns out that they're not at all how they presented themselves. Yes. So by having conversations <laughs> with strangers, you find that out. But this is a pretty good, pretty good amalgamation of ads because that's a lot of them. They, mm-hmm. you put your best foot forward, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to. I want to piggyback. I want to piggyback on what you're saying. <laughs> My question is, and this is probably you've already answered it, but I just want to just go into it a little bit more. Do the internet and social media contribute to the well-being of poetry? Yes. Tell me more. When I started, it takes all kinds. Um, it was in 2006. Mm-hmm. I was very, very much involved with, with Live Journal back then, and that's how I met some people who contributed. Okay. You, know, mm-hmm. you, you yeah. put out your submission call, people sent it in. And then when I revived it last year, same thing, mm-hmm. put out the submission call on the Internet, and then it gets shared that way. True. Yeah, I understand that that before the internet was was ubiquitous and and super popular, you had to mm-hmm. find other ways. You had like the, the hardbound writers books, the the submission type things to send send in submissions to places. And now that we we can do it so much easier, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can know. you can you can find the submission guideline, send off that email, and you know. Not to hear back right away sometimes, but all of it without even without even doing a whole lot of legwork. Well, it's so much easier. For me, prior to the pandemic, I had never heard of Zoom before. Now I can almost live without it. Because Zoom can take how that you works. around the world. Yes, it can take you around the world in terms of your poetry. It really, really can. It's, an am- it's amazing. The way the world has changed, the way poetry has changed. Mm-hmm. So when you write, how do you know when a poem is done? Uh, sometimes it just you. There's like a little innate sense of finality, mm-hmm. and sometimes when you go back and, and do the self-edit. It becomes becomes a little more clear where it should stop or if things need to be moved around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, um, sometimes they come out right away, and sometimes they take several passes. Okay. Well, please share another poem. Share another poem. Uh, <laughs> you know <what>? this one. <laughs> <laughs> We're having we're having a good a good little giggle we are here. Good. Um, I'm on your side. This one, <laughs> this one is one of one of my favorites. That it's it's not. I've 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 written. I wrote a lot in in adolescence um, in teenage years, 
and then mm-hmm. in early 20s took a break, wrote some more in the 30s, took a break, wrote some more, and then this past year I've been, been writing a lot. And so this is from the past year, but this is one of my favorites. It's called In Metamorphosis, I Am Fluid. Held together with washi tape and whispered prayers to the universe, heart stackles with hope unrelenting. Even on the days I'm ready to give in, I keep showing up in case of a miracle. I'm in this place of flux, each foot in a different place. Can't feed the future and the past and expect to stay whole. Inked reminders of who I am and want to be. I'm in direct conflict with societal expectations. A life of constant obstacles, cognitive dissonance. I'm not sorry I disappointed you. Your expectations aren't mine to carry. That's the end of that. What are some of the predominant themes of your work? Uh, Generally, whatever my life is going through at any given moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you mentioned the pandemic, it's been tough on everybody. A lot happened in my life the last three years. So Mm -hmm. it helps the the process as I write a lot about that. Um, I'm passionate about mental health awareness and removing the stigma with that. So I will, I often reference my own mental health challenges to help other people because sometimes people don't want to talk about something until they see someone else talk about it. And you process relationships and mm-hmm. things I'd like to have in my life, things that I'm trying to like work out, like why they happened. Wow. You know, in terms of mental health awareness, May is National Mental Health Awareness Month. And on this podcast, mm-hmm. over the course of the last five years since we've been on the air, I offer programs where people come on and talk about poetry. And I'd like to invite you to come back, if you can. It's going to be at the end of the month, and it's going to be a program about poetry and mental health. I would like to do that. Thank you. Well, you see how things happen? <laughs> That's great. (laughs) Please share another poll. All right. This one, you talk talk about um, how pieces bring up like different different times, different different uh, eras, different things. Mm -hmm. This one, uh, this one's about my hometown, and it's called "In the Town Formerly Known as Torah." Three small bars, two elementary schools, one Catholic church. So social capital mattered, but my family didn't attend church, so we didn't fit in. Walking to school was harrowing, four blocks of unknown danger, lots of hiding places for bullies. People kept their doors unlocked until JW was abducted. Freewheeling childhood was over. Everyone's business out in the open Endless meddling and gossip, your reputation precedes you. Moved to the big city when I was 17, relieved for the fresh start. The end of that. So is a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? Mm. It could be either. Okay. And sometimes in the same piece, which it does it does sound like, like a contradiction, uh, there there are people who are skilled very well in the art of looking like they're giving you a lot of information when they're really not. Right. 
So it really comes down to how the words are put together. Mm-hmm. So what is one thing that makes your writing unique and different from others? Hmm. So seeing the obvious answer is uh, there's only one of me, so it's my boy. Okay, very nice. <laughs> that was a good answer, actually. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> actually, we can move on now. <laughs> that was a perfect answer. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you something different. <laughs> what do you okay. Think, <laughs> what do you think? makes poets different from other people? Now, that's a good question. Okay, can you say it one more time? Yes, what do you think makes poets different from other people? Oh, gosh. I can imagine it's just the subset of that, what they, their work is in. I mean, mm-hmm. creative work is so, so vast. And you have your your fiber artists, your painters, your photographers, and even writing the poets, the novelists, the uh, journalists. It's, it's so big. And then a little subset, poets can tell a story in so few words. Mm-hmm. And it can be a fun challenge to try and say a lot in a small space. Yes, so true. You know, Throughout our conversation, you've talked about the importance of wordplay that's come up over and over in what you've shared, maybe in different words, but why is that so critical? Maybe you just answered it, but I just want to know. I want to hear more about that, what we do with words. I guess in, in in choosing words that go together and trying to to sometimes use the, an economy of language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can take the same idea and put it into a few words, or you put it into a lot of words. Like sometimes someone will they'll, they'll take five pages to write about wallpaper. Okay. Okay. Because it just it just they feel that it needs that much space to describe it. In contrast, you can describe something in you know maybe a dozen words or less. Mhm. It it's just making those those choices and how you're putting them together. Hmm. One of the questions that I usually ask is. What do you think of editing? And the question is, some poets claim that a poem is like a living creature. Once it's out there, there's not much you can do to correct or improve it, while others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. So as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about what you may say, what your answer may be, but tell me, what is your take on editing? Editing is necessary. Now, there there are sometimes that you can write a piece and it mm-hmm. requires very little editing. Mm-hmm. But I I would submit that sometimes that's few and far between. 
to say that mm-hmm. once it's out there, you you you, you have no control over it, no 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 way to refine it. In some cases, that may be true, but I kind of mm-hmm. look at it as as we as human beings as we evolve. Mm-hmm. I am not the same person I was an hour ago. Oh wow! You know. Yes. Every every little thing, like every little thing, just influences you in some way. And whether you take take that influence and you you melt and mesh it in, mm-hmm. you know who knows. You 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 run into you run into people, and you know some of some of the most pro- profound encounters I've ever had has maybe been like the ten minutes I'm standing in line at the store. All right. You just never know. Uh, or you cross paths with somebody. Like these stars literally had to like align. There is no possible way I could have met this person any other way. Mm-hmm. And I w- I would say that it, it, they are a huge reason why I am sitting here having this conversation with you. So are you talking about synchronicity? Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. You you. I, I've been a fan of the idea that sometimes things just work out the way they're supposed to. Yes. And it's just, that doesn't take away choice or free will or the ability to change your mind. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to explain how things just happen when they happen. Right, right. It's true. You know, one of the things that I failed to mention in my introduction is that you consider the impossible. And I was wondering, what does that mean? Tell me more about that. Well, I grew up in Minnesota. Okay. And there, without a lot of unexplained incidents along the way, there is not a really a single linear path that has me in Southeast Virginia. All right. And I can I can look back at my life, sure, and I can point to different things, and there are some things I wish hadn't happened. But everything brought me to the person I am right now. And some of those things, there's no way I could have orchestrated them. Mm-hmm. There's no, no, I had no part in the decision, yet they happened, and I ended up right here. Did you write poetry about the, excuse me, your thoughts in that in that area? Mm, I'm sure there 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 are some that is that kind of the idea that comes up in the the washi tapes and whispered prayers to the universe part and mm-hmm. the one the uh, last piece I read and the second piece I read. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of uh, you know. I'm going to do what I'm going to do and just kind of hope that things work themselves out. And sometimes mm-hmm. they do and sometimes they don't. And when they don't, right. it's, okay, what what do I still need to do? Like maybe this is this happened. I don't want to say things happen for a reason because there's plenty of, of reasons for me to think that some things just don't. Like there's no mm-hmm. logical reason why that should have happened, you know. But mm-hmm. I like to think that uh, maybe – you know, I avoided an accident because I left five minutes late for work. Okay. Or, you know, some, just some, some random thing. Like, every little choice, like, branches off into other choices. I'm kind of getting off into some 
some uh, uh, tangents on that, but mm-hmm. well, there's just it's it's it's. I used to get back to the considering the impossible. Mm-hmm. Trying just trying to be open to things that happen, like open to okay. open to possibilities. Okay. Well then, you know, kind of segued into the universe, and this is what I want to know: Has a poem you've written ever humbled or frightened you? Uh, yes. <laughs> Talk about it, please. Um, I I use writing a lot a lot of times to process things mm-hmm. going on. Sometimes you just understand what's going on on in my head or in my heart. Uh, and when I look at them and I feel reluctant to share them with anybody. Okay. It does give me some pause. Like, what what is it about this? Or if I don't want to share them with a with a particular person. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's easier to say it in words than it is to say it out loud. And when you say it at all, it it stops it stops being some abstract thing. I'm like, oh no, I didn't really mean that. It becomes very concrete, very real. And then when when it's that you have to really confront where you're at with it. Okay. Okay. It's like it's like when you have a question you want to ask and you're not sure you want the answer. Yes. Well, would you be willing to share <laughs> one of those pieces with us tonight? Um. Yeah, I'm sure. I've, I'm sure I've got one. I'd love to hear it. It's in the in the interim. It's a it's it's been an interesting journey. Okay, all right. It's, it's been a very inter- interesting journey, just kind of coming into into the writing, mm-hmm. and really just understanding that um, it's so much an innate part of me that I can't at this point imagine not doing it. Okay. So this this one is, is called What I've Learned from Loving a Caged Dreamer. They'll hold you at arm's length if they aren't actively pushing you away. If you're lucky, you'll get glimpses of their heart before that door slams shut again, startling the peace they crave. In the circumstances when they do open up, everything is filtered behind sarcasm and unintentional cruelty. While they try in vain to hold everything inside because it appears to hurt less, you'll often become frustrated, shouting at them when they can't hear, feeling helpless to do anything meaningful. Though that passes upon realizing, listening is a powerful fix on its own. It's the end of that. Wow, it's beautiful. Does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? It does. It, it it does. It's I end up confronting things I'd rather not think about sometimes. Okay, okay. I was I was was, was telling a story last night of like how I used to to go to this uh this weekly thing and I'd wake up in the morning and I wouldn't want to go. 
and I'd have to really intentionally want to, I'd make the effort at that point in my life, I was taking public transit. So mm-hmm. it was a whole production to get there. Go, and at the end of the day when I come, when I go home, I realized how much I needed to be there, how much how much benefit I'd gotten from it, even mm-hmm. though it was, it was difficult. And it's very much like a lot in, in, in life, even like getting up in the morning to go to work, um, hard conversations with friends, even something as simple as uh, knowing someone is hurting and not knowing what to say to them. Mm-hmm. So all of those things, they have to get processed out in some way or they become like an infection. Yes. When people hold on to things for too long, it just becomes this, this, this thing that has to get cut out. What do you think your poetry reveals about being human? Messy and brilliant. Okay. And ultimately, it can be very, very much worth it. Mm. Very profound what you just said. Very profound. You know, Sky, all great writers have great writing influences. Who are some of yours, and what makes them great in your eyes? (laughs) I am am a very, very, very huge fan of John Patrick Robbins' work. And he, I, I, I tell him this, and you know, he, he accepts my, my words in stride. Uh, I, I, I only, I only came across his work a year ago, but I read so much of it. And right. his, his bluntness and his commitment to like putting it out there mm-hmm. has influenced me with my work, and I try uh, hard to, to not hide behind flowery language. You know, sometimes you just have things have to be said in, in the way they get said, and it's been uh, it's been eye opening how how it's influenced my work. And then I've just gotten to know know him as as a person, as a friend, and it's it's super super interesting to know other writers mm-hmm. and ones that write in different different um, genres than you do. Like we, ever, we both write poetry, but he writes in in different subject matter than I do. And the similarities and the contrast with it. And you know, I've read um, Kevin Hishman's work and there's some really brilliant stuff in there. I've, and, you know, I've published him. Uh, Rick Silva, I've known for years. Mm-hmm. Back in my live journal days, and he's written some really brilliant poetry as well. Um, even in my my first, I've been married twice. My first ex husband is also a writer, and mm-hmm. has written. Uh, when when we when we knew each other, we we've been drifted apart. Uh, he wrote wrote some really beautiful stuff as well. Uh, 
and and then opening me up to she just a lot of the great poets um and i and i take and i've taken uh writing classes and English classes in college and we get exposed to so much great work right. um, well let's take a brief break sky and we'll be right back okay all right all right All right, we are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I am here with Skya Evans. Skya, we have a caller. A caller. Oh. All right. <laughs> Area code 757. The first three numbers are 376. You're on the air with Skya Evans. Welcome. Hello. Hello. And Dr. Michael I am, uh, this is currently Dr. Ron Murphy calling in. I I want to say I'm a big fan of your show. I like it especially when John Patrick Robbins is on. That's Ron Murphy's favorite guest. He really is. He's just incredible. (laughs) I can't say enough about his work. I'm also a doctor and also a a thespian, which means I only like women. If I wasn't, I'd be a homo thespian. But anyway, I want to compliment you on having this fine... Fine lady on the air, because you are breaking ground, because you're actually putting a woman on the air, and what I believe is really good. I believe they should give them the vote also. I just want to say that. All right. Do you have a question? And thank you. That was very nice. I do. I do, do you have, have a question? question? I do. I do have a great question. You know, Skya, I've been a big fan of your work, because Ron Murphy is actually the co-editor of It Takes All Kinds magazine. And what I would like to know, is how Ron Murphy has influenced your work through the years and all the one month you've known him. Oh, Ron, you know, I, I love to have chats with you. You never yeah. fail yeah. To, to bring I mean, bring the humor. Yeah, and, you know, I, I just want to point out, I did publish a piece by Ron Murphy. That's true. That's true. People people have commented me on how wonderful they love it. It really brought the issue up. It really did. It's beautiful. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Michael, you're looking very beautiful tonight. And well, I want you to know that you should stay sexy. In a world right, that's ugly, you, so you are you are the light, my friend. You are. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank I, I raise the glass to you because right. I'm currently intoxicated. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, look for a message from me so that I can invite you to be a guest on my show. How's that sound? I believe that would be a great idea. That would be a great idea. That would. We would have a great time. We would have a good time. I know, and I know a bail bondsman. 
So we won't get okay. in trouble. <laughs> all right. All right. Good <laughs> advice. Good advice. Well, thank you very much. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs> thank you. Sky. <Skyrim. laughs> Yes. <laughs> who, who, who was that guy? <laughs> that was the great Ron Murphy. It, re- it really was Ron Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> I have been part of secrecy. Okay. <laughs> I did not know, but you humor people like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't end up in the hospital. All right. <laughs> Please share a poem. All right. I uh, I do um, in in some of the writings I take on the things like processing things and kind of the world around me. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned earlier that uh, the last three years of have. Uh, have been a bit of a challenge. Has been been a bit of an uphill climb, and um, just the side effects that come with that, the burnout yes. that the world collectively feeling and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that particularly what's what's happening uh, around here in, in our country, because this is I'm, this is what I know, this is because I live here. So mm-hmm. this one is called the American Dream. It's a damn challenge not to give in and give up either. Trying to keep it together to appear moderately functional in an extraordinary life in a world that would rather beat you down than keep you beige and mediocre. The exceptional are occasionally revered until they dare step out of line. Then they are forgotten as quickly as discovered and attention is on the next big thing. Unless you can be exploited for ratings, the Board of Entertainment value anything for a quick buck. My heart hurts a lot trying to find my own way. I never fit into the compartment this world demands of me. All the self-proclaimed gurus will sell you something they don't really have, dressed up in pretty imagery where you too can have the life they advertise for only four payments of more money than you'll ever see in a lifetime. And surely isn't your future happiness worth going into debt for someone else's half-baked opinions? Just give up that overpriced cup of foam and you'll afford the life of your dreams. As those in power laugh behind closed doors, brainstorming ways to squeeze blood from a stone. I am in so much pain, but so is everyone else, so who fucking cares, right? Yes. There are plenty that have it worse than me. Suck it up, buttercup, and fall in line. You're nothing special, and if you can't pick up the slack, we'll find someone else to take the place. Be a worker bee and be grateful for any morsel of happiness. What a joke, yeah. Except it's not funny. Send it out. Wow. You know, that was a really powerful piece. You know, we live in a world, Sky, where there's the good, the bad, the ugly, as well as the indifferent. What do you mm-hmm. view as being what do you view as being the role of a poet in modern day society? Mm, the truth tellers and the entertainment. Tell me more. Like Sometimes at the same more. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, poetry and writing, entertainment, yeah, even if it's a dark subject matter, I mean, mm-hmm. the point is to connect with people and sometimes give them, give them an escape. 
you know, all 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 great writing does that. Okay. And also, it's a chance to take on these big topics and write them with with, with sometimes biting commentary in a way that just also entertains. I mean, mm-hmm. anyone can give a monologue, but again, it it comes down to word choices. Your poetry seems to move at a relatively brisk pace. <laughs> Correct? I <laughs> I I have a hard time sitting still. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> um when I'm not busy doing something, I fidget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even as simple as like I sit and watch TV after work. Sometimes I'm doing something because I can't just sit still. And, you know, I, you know, I'm very animated when I talk as well. So I'm like very. You can imagine me moving my hands around a lot as I'm, <laughs> as I'm talking. Um, mm-hmm. Just sitting still and doing nothing is very difficult for me. I need to constantly be in motion. Okay. Um, it, it's well, like I'm 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 sensory seeking at times, where mm-hmm. I just want things to to continually stimulate me, mm-hmm. and always thinking. So, where does your poetic doubt begin, and where does it end? Um. How much can say? a poem do? How much can a poem do? Sometimes it can be life changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're 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 good for for a momentary laugh, just a little bit of an escape. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't. They might not connect with a particular person, where in which case they're just words on the page. Uh, it, it really is so so much of it's subjective. Yes. Mm-hmm. You've heard the phrase "restless." find their voice. How does that fit into your work? Or does it? Mm. I don't I like think it goes back to well, I I something. Like it goes back help. to being able to to uh, it sometimes lets people know that they're not alone. So you were, you had concluded your statement. Oh, yeah. It just it helps people know that not alone. Okay. You know, I try to refrain from using the word help. To me, I like assist better because sometimes people don't want your help. Because to me, when you assist them, you're working with them. I don't know whether yeah. that. I just have always thought about that. Sometimes people just don't want your help. That doesn't mean anything is anything wrong. They just don't want your help. But when you work with them, that's what's critical in my mind. Please share well, another piece. Okay. Well, I, and I'll just say, words, words often have power, and what what one word means to you could mean something completely different to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And True. sometimes it is that word, but help, help can be such a charged word assess me less charge. So it, it, what you're saying does it makes a, a lot of lot of sense. Please share another piece of your work. 
This one is called World's Oldest Profession. Why not make a buck on what men want for free? Transactions chase the cheap bastards away, and I have already disappointed my parents. A friend told me, you're a professional when you take money. Though people like that amateur look, make sure you have excellent lighting. I told Banjo my plans. He thought I trolled Nebraska Ave and disrespected me more. Stop talking to strangers, he said, and they'll stop asking for nudes, as though that would stop them from calling me a whore anyway. Instead of factually untrue things, like those boys calling me milk, the transaction makes us honest. <laughs> the end of that one. <laughs> like I said, your work just moves right along. <laughs> it's all meat and potatoes. <laughs> There's no dessert. <laughs> There's no filler. <laughs> Talk about wordplay. <laughs> You're incredible at it. <laughs> Please share with me, if you don't mind, five titles of your poems. Any five, five titles. poems? Yeah. Just the title. Okay. Uh, scorekeeper. Uh, choice over life. At the risk of repeating myself. In case you thought being a creator was easy. And a delightfully evil sadistic bitch. All right. So what should you consider when you're titling a poem? The titles almost never come to me first. Okay. The words do. And on my my uh in progress writing file, a bunch of bunch of pieces where it just has an X for where the title will go and Sometimes when I go back to them, the titles will come to me, and sometimes I really have to think about it. Mm-hmm. So when you write, when you craft a poem, who leads, you or the poem? Who takes the lead? Mm, I'd like to think that we take turns. But sometimes I don't get any say in the matter. The words are just going to come out whether I want them to or not. Mm-hmm. I think, again, that's what makes poetry so powerful, that it does provide you the opportunity to vent, to get out of your system, to spew out those words, to put them somewhere, maybe in a container that you never open again. But you need it out of your system. We have another caller. Yeah. Yeah, let's bring this person on. <laughs> Eric code 757. The first three numbers are 376. <laughs> Welcome, you're on the air. Isn't this the same person? Wow, there's a lot of people with that 757 number going in. I mean, I'm just saying. Do you have a public phone number? Everybody. <laughs> the whole poetry community has the same area code. <laughs> Hello, this is Kevin Hishman. Um, I, I, uh, a lot of people don't know. I've changed my name and, and everything because, I mean, there can only be one Kevin Hishman. We're going to fight it out like Highlander. So, yeah, um, no, this is 
the one, the only, the the, the most frequent guest on yeah, quintessential listing, John Patrick Robbins, <laughs> one of my true. favorite guests of all time. <laughs> of all time, <laughs> you must say for yourself. <laughs> yes, I had to. I had to call in. I was being sequestered. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you have a question, John? That's usually what you want to ask. I mean, we're yeah. you know, I thought you all said there weren't no desserts. I should bring a cocktail. Yes, 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 John. Do you have a question for our guests? Yes, I'll actually be serious, and I'll actually be good for two seconds because I heard I might have been bad maybe earlier. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, okay, Sky, I'll ask you this. You know, when you when you you work as you are working on a book. Uh, yes. What really is what it, being this is like the, the the first one if I'm if I'm correct. Uh, uh, yes, how, how, actually. How you really went about this because you've been working in publishing and everything else, and so how did you really approach this book, and how was it to be on the opposite end where you're not working on one, you're actually it's your book and you're producing it. So there you go, a, a professional question. You know, there is some surrealness to it. Uh, when, when I'm publishing other people's work, it's whatever connects with me that they submit. I, I like it when I read it. I, I go ahead and, and we'll, we'll put them in publication. My own work, I, I would, I, there's some at truth to that, that adage of we're our own worst critics. And mm. I can't tell you how many drafts that book has gone through before it got a mix for it to be looked at by somebody else to say, hey, like now give me some feedback on this because you kind of get, I think, some tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, then. But it's an, it, it is an interesting experience. It's it's one of those things like I've, I've self-published before, admittedly, um, doing my own little chapbooks and whatever in college. But to have something that's more on a, it feels more like a like big air quote professional book, mm-hmm. where it's gonna have better distribution than me just handing out to my friends at school. It feels it feels I mean it's weird it feels a little more big time. Literary success to you? Mm, if the piece connects with people. So when a person, prior to a person reading your work, if you had to give them any advice, what would you say? Well, I think the advice, being like the advice I would give a younger version of myself, just keep mm-hmm. doing it. When you don't want to, keep doing it anyway. Like I've, t- yeah. I've taken big breaks in writing over over the course of my life, and I just wonder how much more polished I might be now had I not taken those huge breaks. Because mm-hmm. I can come up with a billion excuses for why I wasn't writing. And mm-hmm. it's easy to when you're creative. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've, got to, I've got to do this errand or that errand that I've still got to unpack. Like, I've moved a whole bunch, so I've still got to unpack. I've got my job and just anything to keep me away from typing the words out. Or, yes. you know, my, mm-hmm. my, my, my other love is crocheting and keeping me away from the, the yarn and the hook. You know, anything. 
and it really needs to happen, butt and seat doing the work. Wow. And this is a question for both of you. And I may have asked this to John before. I don't know. <laughs> I love that I'm still on here. I'm like, am I supposed to talk? Or I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I'm being the, I'm the bad kid in the corner. <laughs> you, you, you suddenly become the co-guest. <laughs> here's a, here's, a, here's right. a big question. Here's one of those big ones. Many people believe that poetry is dying. Do you agree or disagree with this statement and why? Scott, you go ahead first. It's your show. <laughs> I'm going to go now. He'll be back in the summer. He'll be back in the summer. Go ahead. It's, it, it's, not, it's not dying. It's not dying. What's, what's yeah, holding it up? What's giving, this, what, what's giving it life? That's what I want to know. The people who show up for it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look. In the publication side, being, John and I both being publishers, we can look on the back end and see who's engaging, how, how much interaction they're sending from, from the work. People are showing up and looking at it. They might not say anything. Like we're in such a culture now where people are quick to hit the like button but not actually say anything. Right. So it's hard mm-hmm. to gauge that. But you can tell by, by uh, views on a blog post or people who buy books. Or just word of mouth. Mm. <clears throat> it's still it's still there, but like everything else, there's an ebb and flow to it too. Mm-hmm. And we're all bogged down with with the global moment, the lasting as long as it has. That sometimes it's hard to find space for for that that artistic endeavor. What do you think, John? Yeah. What do you think, my friend? Um, been around. Yeah, around I know. I've known this a controversial. Uh, 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 you know, commenter. So let let me go ahead and get a little controversy because it just wouldn't be fun if I didn't raise a little bit of, you know what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I very much would say that some of the old archetype is very much dying out, and it needed to. I think that you're getting a lot of once is good because everything is about change, and sometimes it has to completely die out to come back. You know, it's just like you know, harvest or anything else or planting something. You know, it's I think a lot of things are completely changing in the sense with the publishers and people like myself or Sky who are, are, you know, we're giving voice to a lot of people that, you know, a lot of these other places that they want to gatekeep and they want to kind of just publish certain people. And no. So, yeah, very much that old archetype of how this works is going away. You know, look how publishing is with major publishing houses. It's not in the best place because – You've got a lot of indie places, and whenever you have something completely changing, that's the most interesting time. Yeah, you know, all this chaos is, you know, it. So it, it very much it, there is a lot of change. So some things are dying out, but some things needed to, to be honest. Very you know, nice. so that's just my opinion on that, and I'll. Uh, <laughs> I right. didn't mean to come here and take up so much time, but thank you for well, then letting me you, call you can, you can leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. You leave now. Wow. I just want to say real quick. Real quick. John, yeah. John's opinion is it, I, I think his and mine like, work well in concert. I mean, poetry's not dying out, but he's right. There's a lot of the old stuff 
needs like the old ways need to that either die out completely or they they need to take a, a, a beat and and evolve. All right. Okay. Thank you. Well, Thank I'm you, leaving. John Patrick Robbins. All right. <laughs> yeah. Go away. Don't let the door not hit. Don't let the door not hit you. <laughs> always, love, always love talking to you, Michael. Old oh, right, buddy. buddy. All right, bye. All right, bro. I'll see y'all. All right. Scotty, we've reached my favorite part of the program. I view it as being a mini, M-I-N-I poetry concert. This is an opportunity for you to say two or three poems back-to-back, no interruptions from me. Are you ready? Oh, goodness. All right. I think so. I think You're on so. the stage. You're on the stage. All right. So, first one, called In Case You Thought Being a Creator Was Easy. Giving everything for the sake of your art requires a vulnerability and rawness that tears you up inside. The misconception is you'll always love what you do, when the truth is, all lot of the time you'll fucking hate it. Who's willfully cut themselves open and pour themselves out? Sharing what's in your heart and mind with the masses, leaving yourself open to critics and scrutiny, who often have no idea what they're talking about, by the way, deciding if you're good enough. An arbitrary decision that determines if you're choosing between rent and food this month or can pay both and maybe other bills. And the danger of making it in your chosen theme, if you cater to the masses, you risk becoming beige, a mediocre shell of your former brilliance, kissing ass, bending over, and down on your knees. The two hardest things about being in the arts, giving everything you have for your passion and having the strength of conviction to stay true to yourself. End of that. And the next one, called Vibrancy's Costume is Camouflage. A round peg trying to fit into a square hole and being sliced to ribbons for trying. I'm suspicious of people who are happy all the time. I have no idea what goes on behind their scenes, so maybe it's presumptuous to see them as pod people. Yet all the positivity in its, in its toxicity, where the focus is on the mind, is often infuriating. The power of positive thinking and worrying about your vibe and some law of attraction nonsense is lost on me. I wish that I could be blunt. It takes so much effort to wrap up words in flowery language and have a bullet-pointed list of the whys and wherefores so everyone feels good at the end. My mind is fractured, and all attempts to shift my thinking result in feeling extra broken. Be yourself, they say, except not like that, not like me. The indelibly enchanting magical mermaid buried underneath attempts at normalcy because we all want to be accepted, right? The eccentric is unknown. And the unknown is scary. That pressure to fit in permeates everything. Putting on the appropriate costume for the situation, remembering the script, developing the necessary muscle memory to be acceptable. In the meantime, I'm slowly withering away, becoming the shell of my brilliant self. I hate how much others happily consume my magic without offering any sustenance in return. I hate how I let them. End of that. 
This one is called I'm Not Saying. Wow. I'm going to do the third one. Okay. I'm not saying. That's right. <laughs> Just take over. Go ahead. Sure. Sure. You feel at me. <laughs> this one's called I'm Not Saying. Words flash in my mind. Memory fragments of our exchanges. Jokes and deep truths in the dark. And I miss you so much I can't breathe. I sense your presence in others. When they say things you'd say, dispensing your wisdom like only you could, I smile to myself, fondly remembering. Coming up on ten years of you being gone, and I keep what I can of our last conversations, reading them sometimes, and hearing everything, in that SoCal by way of Brooklyn voice. I keep our song in my heart, weaving that old black magic. I wish like hell I could hear you. Tell me, tell me you love me one more time. End of that. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. What are you trying to communicate with your art, Sky? I just wanted there there to be something for people to feel. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to to block everything out and to be like numb and indifferent, you know, or searching for instant gratification but not really enjoying it, okay. and. If I can make someone stop and think for a second and really consider mm-hmm. what's being said, what's being communicated, and feel something, like I think I've done my job. Wow. Like for myself, if I – this is my, my litmus test. If I'm watching something that should make me cry and I don't cry, I mm-hmm. start to wonder how if I'm doing okay. All right. And I want—I you know, kind of want that for other people. If they—if they, if they don't feel anything, mm-hmm. they start to wonder. Like, are—are are you really okay? Are you just shutting everything out and you're—you're you're becoming that shell? Mm-hmm. You know, you speak with such conviction. Do you think you were meant to be a poet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that specifically. I knew from from little child onward, I always wanted to do something in the arts. Okay. That's all I ever wanted to do. Do you most about being a poet? Doesn't sound odd. It sounds odd to me, but like the efficiency of language. You can say a lot in so few words. Yes. And you did that tonight. You know. You did that tonight. (laughs) You know, writers and poets write for a myriad of reasons. Some write primarily to speak a message to their audience. Others write because staying silent is not an option. Sky, why do you write? Primarily for a reason, too. I can't not express myself. Mm-hmm. Every time I've tried to, every time I've tried to hold it in, it ends up hurting me. Mm. And life, life is... Life is challenging enough. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> yes, like we're in I church. Oh, yeah. Pink, Amen. I know you think people who... I know. You think people who have trouble fitting in in some way, and they're talking to try and appear normal, whatever normal is, and having to, to mask themselves to fit in. Mm-hmm. And the amount of, of effort that takes is often exhausting. And to have this as an outlet... Yeah, I as as um as I don't know, I don't even know how it might sound. It's like I don't know, morbid or something. Um, there are certain things that have have kept me alive. Okay, writing is one of them. Mhm, mhm, beautiful. You know, we've reached the end of our poetic journey, but would you leave us with a poem? I'd like that very much. One more for the road. I would love to. This one is called Stay in Your Magic. Plunge into the depths, disoriented, afraid. Trust that you'll be safe. Love, unfurl your wings. Compartmentalization is not home for you. Fuck complacency. Disturb the damn universe and burn it to the ground. Rise from the ashes. Start again with gained wisdom. Stay in your magic. You're a superstar. Consider for a moment how brightly you shine. The end of that. Wow. Tell us about your lit things. Uh, it takes all kinds. Uh, is a magazine. It started out mm-hmm. as um, hard copy, is now a digital PDF. Uh, I tried to run it monthly for a minute, and it's more suited for quarterly. So it's quarterly. I just released uh, issue ten today, mm-hmm. and it is um, on healthnetarchive.org. But a link to it can be found at uh, my website, Modus Adax. Okay. Uh, says dot com. Um, the other one called Disturb the Universe magazine just started earlier this month, and I publish on Tuesdays and Fridays. And that one is at uh, DisturbTheUniverseMagazine.com. Uh, so far, <laughs> just the two. I. Mm-hmm. I have no idea going forward. Um, I'm in talks with a writer to publish them. Uh, they're going to publish a book. Um, lots of other ideas that are, that are coming up, and it, just, it comes down to, like, where the time is, where I can fit projects in. Wow. And you know, I, mentioned, I think I mentioned to you before it started, uh, Melissa Dax Press, my impress, is, it started a year ago today. So wow. um, kind Congratulations. of celebrating. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. You know, Skya, I like the way you think. Thank I like you. the way you pro- I, I really do. I like the way you process information. And that's why I'd like to invite you again to, to join me at the end of the month. I'll send you the date where we can talk about poetry and its relationship to mental illness and mental health. 
I I'd want be honored. That. I'd be honored if you join me. Okay. Well, I would love that. <laughs> the incredible Sky Evans was here tonight. <laughs> You're great. And you do need to teach some classes. I, I'm serious. <laughs> I, I right now I don't know where I would find the time. <laughs> I understand. I understand. But put that in your Rolodex. Put that in your Rolodex. Uh, on on that that massive list of of, of things that need doing. Mm-hmm. So I usually ask, where, where did you go from here? in terms of creativity, creatively, but you answer that question that you're shopping a book around, right? Uh, yeah, I am, I am working on a book. Um, I, have, I have a publisher for it. I am, I'm not, not, I can't allow that close to the vest at the moment until um, it's a little bit further along. Mm-hmm. All um, right. But it's, it's a... It's coming along. It's, it's it's interesting being on that side of of the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, putting putting I put together chapbooks in the past, but this is like a, like it feels completely different. You know, you're like an old pro on this show, and on countless podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. You really are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one time you go take my place. You know, so you. <laughs> You just read your own poem. I said two or three, you read four. <laughs> no, you said two or three, I read three. Oh, it was just three. <laughs> okay, okay. I did only read three. All right, I, all right. So, trust, trust me, Michael, I still have a stack sitting here. All right, all right, all right. Well, I enjoy your work. <laughs> you got to go places. I can tell that. I knew that from the beginning. All right. Everyone, thank you for joining in, <laughs> or joining in, tuning in. <laughs> and as I share with you every time we're together, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Sky, good night. Goodbye, everybody. Good night. All right. <laughs> Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.